All right, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs. We start a new chapter uh, tonight in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 19. We've been preaching through it uh, basically since I've been here. And uh, I think the first Wednesday night I was here, we started this. And, and uh, so still got a ways to go. Uh, but uh, tonight we're looking at how not, how not to have regrets. Uh, amen, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I, I guarantee if any of us been alive very long at all, uh, there's probably some times we wish we could, could go back and, and have some do-overs. Wouldn't you like to have some do-overs? <laughs> yeah, I know I would, amen. <laughs> i tell you what. Uh, probably that happens daily, to be honest with you, in one way or another. Uh, but certainly, you know, we probably all have some regretful things, uh, you know, that we've said, uh, done in the past. And, and sometimes those things can certainly haunt us at times. Now, I want you to understand we should never live in guilt to those things if they have been biblically handled, you know. Um, uh, in other words, if we uh, have some regrets, but we haven't taken care of it biblically, in other words, we, you know, still have some bitterness, we still haven't made amends, uh, if need be, in those areas, um, then that's a whole different story. But, but yeah, we, we mess up, we do the wrong things, we say the wrong things, we do things that we regret, but if they're biblically handled, we know that God does forgive us, even though we blow it sometimes. Uh, and we praise the Lord for that. But the other part of this is, too, though, is, is you know, not all the results of us doing those regretful things, though, always goes away. In other words, sometimes there's some symptoms and circumstances that are left over uh, there's still consequences that we sometimes still have to live with uh, because of that thing that, that we did. Although the, the guilt may not be there, there's sometimes we have to still live with some things. Not all the time, uh, but sometimes we do. And so what we would want to do, you know, we would do well to understand some things before we do regretful things, amen? <laughs> you know, um, that's the key. And of course, we need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God to be able to do that. Um, because the thing is, uh, especially words, but even actions, some words and actions, once they're out, I mean, they can't be taken back. You can't reverse that, okay? That doesn't mean that relationships can't be restored. It doesn't mean that forgiveness can't be found. It doesn't mean that God's done with you. It certainly doesn't mean that. But it's still something that can't be taken back. It's been done. And so, ideally, what we'd want to do is not do it in the first place. Amen. And so, again, uh, you know, but uh, uh, we, we struggle in that area, and I know I do. And so we have to understand that regretful actions or words that we have done uh, even in the past, if we could look back, if we were honest about ourselves, we'd probably say, you know, if I'd have done things a little differently, I probably could have prevented that. You know, it didn't have to happen that way. And so that's what we're looking at tonight. So we've been sitting for a little while, so I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand, uh, if you're physically able tonight, in reverence to the Word of God, Proverbs chapter 19. And uh, these are some subjects that we've looked at because the book of Proverbs repeats these subjects over and over again in a good way. But uh, we're looking at it tonight in the light of how not to have regrets. Verse 19, verse 1 says, Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Also, that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. The foolishness of a man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. 
A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. And finally, verse 7, All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching and teaching of the word of God tonight. And Father, just pray that you'll speak to our hearts as we look at some things here uh, concerning uh, how not to have regrets. And so we see some things here, Lord, as relations to other people. And so, Father, help us to understand, get a hold of some things. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. As I said, a lot of us probably wish we could go back and have some of those do-overs. And, uh, you know, we've all had those, I, you know, I wish I could go back moments, you know. And, you know, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I would have just told the truth. I wish I hadn't got angry. I wish I hadn't quit. You know, the, the, we could just go on and on and on tonight about things that we wish uh, we hadn't done. And uh, so tonight we're looking at these verses, and we've looked at this subject matter in many, many different lights throughout this study. But tonight we're looking at this, and, and of course the book of Proverbs you often see in these verses contrasts uh, between good and right behavior, honest, dishonest behavior, and we have that throughout these verses as well. And uh, so number one, we see there, we're going to see determined to, always, determined to always be honest no matter what. And so it's better to be poor, verse 1 says, better, to, better is the poor uh, that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Now, as we've seen, again, we're, we're seeing here some contrast here. And this Proverbs, first of all, this Proverbs not saying that a rich person can't be honest. That's, that's not what it's saying. Uh, this, this proverb is saying that being poor and honest, in other words, let's say having integrity is way better, even wiser, than being rich and not honest. <laughs> it's, it's better to be poor and have integrity than to be rich and have no integrity. It's better to be poor and be wise than to be rich and be a fool. And so that's always better. And so we want to determine to always be honest no matter what. Um, uh, a man or, or woman's integrity is a very valuable thing. You know, you know, I know I'm pretty vocal about things that I feel like are, are hurting our country. You know, work ethic, uh, you know, laziness, entitlement. I know I go on and on and on, and, and uh, I won't do that tonight. But, but I'm not saying I'll never do it again. I will, but not tonight. But, uh, but another thing, too, that, that people just don't seem to, I don't know, I, you know, even as a young teenager, 15, 16 years old, I cared about what people thought about me. Even as a young man, I wanted to have some integrity. You know, uh, I didn't want somebody to think I was lazy. I mean, that, that, that would, to me, that would have been the worst thing anybody could ever said about me, that I was lazy and no good. But today, it don't really seem to bother anybody. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Uh, there's, there's no integrity. Uh, and that's, that's sad to see. Um, and I think the Bible teaches us, not just here, but anywhere, that integrity is a very valuable thing. Your integrity is something that cannot be bought. If your integrity can be bought, then it wasn't integrity. It was hypocrisy and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, just, I don't know, just empty words. 
but your integrity ought to, to mean something to you. Because for money or wealth or gain, uh, attention, whatever, there are folks out there that will lie and cheat and steal, give false information, whatever the case may be, misrepresent themselves, whatever they need to do uh, to get ahead in some way. Uh, and integrity, just is, it isn't even on the radar. Uh, and what people, though, who do things like that, what they don't understand is, is they're trading, just because the world doesn't think integrity is not important, God still thinks it's important, and they're trading something very valuable, again, called integrity, and they're trading it for dishonesty. And God will never bless that, so you end up, you actually lose much more than you ever gain by, by throwing away your integrity. It's better to stay poor and have your integrity than to be rich and not have any. So again, and that would certainly lead to a lot of regrets uh, later uh, in life. And there's story after story out there, even in the secular world. I've even uh, know some personally uh, that have made a lot of money, done very well in their life, but they would often say the happiest times in my life was when I really didn't have very much. I was happier, I have more joy, I have more contentment, I had less worry, I had less fretting going on in my life, and sometimes I wish I could go back. So again, it's something we need to understand about integrity. So, so certainly uh, not understanding that will lead to a lot of regrets later in life. Number two, don't act or react, probably be a better way of saying it, until you have all the information. Boy, that's the key to having regrets, right, is... Going off a of hearsay, you know, just impulsive thing that you do, not understanding everything that's going on. Look at verse 2. It says, also that the soul be without knowledge, it's not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. This is somebody that hears something, doesn't really know everything that's going on, and he wants to run and go do something because of it without knowing everything that's going on in his life. And so, you know, I've mentioned before, I like zeal. I, you know, uh, I wish more people had zeal, uh, um, but, but zeal without knowledge, that, that can be a bad thing sometimes. Um, and, and, and cause us to do things that we'll regret later. And this, this is kind of in my wheelhouse. I mean, this is me right here. And, and, and again, uh, reacting before we uh, know everything that's going on. Uh, again, that's impulsive. It's uh, behavior, impulsive responses. Again, uh, acting emotionally instead of scripturally. You know, I mean, those things right there, that, that, those things right there pave the highway to regrets. I mean, I'm telling you that those things are, are you know, and we mean good. You know, it's not that we set out to do anything evil. We, we felt in our heart, but, but we didn't have all the information, you see. And I think we get a little older. We, we get a little bit better at that, or at least we should. But we often respond to a matter without prayerful consideration. And that's so important. And, of course, that's always, always going to lead to making mistakes, uh, misjudging people, uh, and, and really needlessly hurting others. You know, there's always fallout to that. And again, that's, you can't go back and erase that. That's, that's you know, uh, relationships can be mended, but, but once that's done, it's done. And so remember, you know, here, here's the thing, folks. You can say a right thing. You, you can even do a right thing. But if it's said and done with the wrong application, 
In other words, you're saying this to the wrong person. You're saying this when that isn't what the case was. You know, jumping to a conclusion. Um, again, you can say a right thing. Maybe you're doing the right thing. We think of Job and his friends. But, but if it's said and done with the wrong application, you are taking what is right, but you're making it a tool to do something wrong because you're not applying it to the right thing because you didn't have the information. So that's important. So don't act or react until uh, you have all the information. I'll just throw in there too. Uh, remember, hearsay is hearsay. Amen. Number three, don't make a regret worse by blaming God for the mistake. <clears throat> Look at verse three. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. Now we look at that and we go, well, that's bad. But we're all guilty of that to a certain degree. In other words, we sometimes we, you know, Lord, I don't know why this has happened to me. You know, well, why is this going on to me? You know, well, you know, well, why, this, why did I get this? Why, why, why am I having to go through this? You know, why do they have that and I don't have that? That's, that's fretting against the Lord. Um, and, and so again, if we are, are you know, we, we do a foolish thing, and, and sometimes we can unknowingly do a foolish thing, but whether we know it or not, doing foolish things always brings consequences into our life. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's going to happen. And, and so people <clears throat> do things that, again, directly or indirectly brings negative impacts on their lives. Listen, when we do wrong, you know, when you do something wrong, it affects all areas of your life, you know. And, and, and uh, whether, you know, it may not have anything to do with your marriage, but if you've got something wrong in your life, it will affect your marriage. Okay? You, hey, listen, you don't have any problem with your children, but you've got something wrong in your life here. It'll affect your children. It affects your family. It'll affect you on the job. It affects everything in your life, you see. And so it's important. And uh, so all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're... We're, we're, we're ignoring what this issue is over here. Things are falling apart over here, but this is where our attention is, and we're saying, why, Lord, why? We're fretting against the Lord. Well, there's the problem. You get this fixed, and all this will fall into line. <laughs> but we want to we wanna blame God for the mistake um, because it's things that we bring about uh, in our own life by doing foolish things, making foolish decisions. Uh, and again, that only makes our regrets <laughs> even worse. You know, you're piling on regrets. So don't make regret worse by blaming God for the mistake. Number four, don't be biased to people of means. And uh, we're going to look at verse four, then we're going to skip verse five. We'll come back to it. We're going to look at verse four, four and six together. I just wanted to tie them together for tonight. Don't be biased to people of means. Verse four says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Now look at verse 6. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Now we'll focus on verse 4 here. Certainly the Bible teaches us, specifically says, God is not a respecter of persons, and neither should we be. Uh, some, uh, not that they like the rich, but they will favor the rich, you know, for uh, you know, reasons of possible gain for themselves. Uh, you know, they have a friendship, if you will, but it's just really based on what we would call gross hypocrisy. It's, it's all about what they can get from this individual. Uh, on the other hand, though, to stick with verse 4, they don't have anything to do with the poor or struggling because they can't do anything for them by way of gain. You know, 
You know, you know why do I want to associate with these people? What are they ever going to give me? I want to make friends with these people because I might get something out of that. And so that's the picture there uh, of, of verse 4. And so uh, certainly these type of, of people will, will regret that attitude someday because in the end, if they continue on like that, they're really going to end up with no real friends. <laughs> I mean, they're not really going to have anybody that they can, can count on because they were such a person, again, that, that hypocritical friend. Now, verse 6, I, the reason I kind of wanted to throw this in here, because I, I do want to get a, a little political here, if you don't mind. Uh, to a certain degree, I, I, I see this type of thing um, among professing believers that have a, I'm just going to try to be nice here, a bullheaded uh, stance towards their political party. Here we go. Now, now here, here's what, I, what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, I, I see this loyalty to political parties. I've got my Christianity over here, but I've got my politics over here. And that's a recipe for disaster. Um, listen, we have to vote. We have to uh, make decisions biblically. But what I'm afraid, I see a lot of people doing, even professing Christians, they may be saved. I, I'm not, that's not what this message is about. But they will support a candidate who is anti-Christian in their beliefs in many ways. I mean, they're pushing for abortion. They, hey, homosexuality's fine. Hey, uh, but yet they stick with them because of this. Because they want, they, they think it's better. If they're, they're voting their pocketbook instead of this book. And that's all that it is. And when I read verse 6, that just jumps out at me. Many will entreat the favor of the prince. And every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Hey, I'll vote for you. You pad my pockets. Whatever your moral beliefs are has nothing to do with it. I'm voting for you because of this. And I'm just telling you, I think that's really hurting our country um, uh, in a terrible, terrible way. And uh, so again, I think we need to be careful because to, to vote just for your pocketbook instead of the the moral and righteous issues that are out there, that's giving a gift to the prince. I don't care however you slice it. Amen? All right, so don't be biased to people of means. Number five, don't be a liar. Amen. You know, that's a... <laughs> that just preached right there, amen? Don't be a liar. But look at verse five. We'll jump back up, verse five. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. You know, something... I was thinking about this this afternoon that... Something that, that liars never seem to grasp is that a liar is well known as a liar. It's like they don't understand that everybody knows you're a liar. <laughs> and, uh, and it's sad in a way, um, you know. There's just some people you're just like, wow, you know. But, but liars do, they seem to be blind to the fact that no one is really believing what you're saying. Uh, and certainly that could <clears throat> leave some regrets in your life. Again, we, we could even talk about integrity. Uh, so in life, they, they will surely going to have a lot of regrets because as time goes by, again, their reputation 
you know, only gets worse and worse, and certainly that would not be a happy way to live. So number five, don't be a liar. Number six, uh, don't shun the needy. Jump down to verse seven, we'll be done. It says, all the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. So here's somebody that's poor, that's destitute, uh, down, if you will, um, and uh, nobody wants to help. Nobody wants to be their friend, even though he cries out for help, uh, pursueth them with words, uh, yet are wanting to him. In other words, they just don't, they're just not paying him any attention. And so in this verse, again, we see this poor, needy being ignored, uh, forsaken by so-called friends, in this case, even by their own family members. Uh, in other words, they're keeping a safe distance from them. And uh, again, even when they're crying out for help, the, the, they will not answer their, the, their plea, the ones that could help. Now, we've talked about this in many different ways, and you know, we know that uh, there are those that take advantage and those types of things, but, but the Bible commands us that we are to help the poor and needy. The Bible commands us that we are to help the poor and needy. Yeah, amen. I think that's important. And it's not if it's just convenient uh, either. I, I think that we should put forth the effort to do so. In other words, we should even go out of our way to help the poor and needy. I, I think that's important. You know, there's a lot of men and women uh, of God that I admire, that I know personally. Uh, many of them are, are still with us today. And there's a lot of great things about them and uh, that we could talk about that they all have in common. But one thing that they do all have in common is they are kind and helpful to the poor and needy. Every great man and woman of God, of God has a lot of good things, biblical things going on in their life, but one of them is definitely that. And so I think it's something that we need to, you know, I know I've said this before, folks, and I know there are takers. I know that there are those that are entitled, and sometimes we've got to use some judgment on those things. And I know I've said this several times, but I'll, I'll keep saying it again and again. You know, like I said, I, I would rather be taken advantage of a hundred times than to miss that one time when I should have done it. Amen. Now, to do that, you know, you're going to give, and, and you're, you know, but you know what? Once you give, it's done. It's between them and the Lord. Right? And uh, so it's something we just have to, uh, you know, to, to pray about, you know. And, and, and I, I hope I've made the right decisions every time with that. Maybe I haven't. But, uh, but again, we do know that there is the poor and needy. There are people that, that need help. Um, you, know, uh, if, you know, I say this again. Uh, you know, if, if you drove here tonight, uh, you are a blessed people. <laughs> I mean, if you go home tonight and, and it's warm in your house and there's food in your refrigerator, you are blessed. Above billions of other people today. Yes, billions. You know, um, we're a blessed people to have what we have. Um, and, you know, with that said, I believe we do have an obligation. Now, I don't want the government to tell me to do it, but, but we have an obligation to, to help the less fortunate uh, as God leads. And, and again, even looking for opportunities uh, to do so. Um, I, I believe if we don't do that, that I believe we'll regret it later in life. 
you know, there's a lot of people, I think, that now they don't have the means, but at one time they did have the means and they didn't help. And I think that's a big regret for them. So we don't want to be guilty of that. So don't have any regrets. Be honest in all your dealings no matter what. Don't react till you have all the information. Don't blame God for the consequences you've created with your own unwise decisions. Don't favor people of means. In other words, don't be biased. Don't be a liar and don't shun the poor and needy. You do those things, you won't have any regrets. Amen. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.